Inspired by hip-hop and the faith culture, the sanctuary in my solitude, the thoughts, feelings, and life lessons of an imperfect Christian by Anthony Kisik is beautifulfeetentertainment.com's work in print. It is a book of poetry and it's available through iUniverse.com, Amazon.com, beautifulfeetentertainment.com, and the links are also available in our social media and podcast. So please consider The Sanctuary of My Solitude if you're looking for a next great read. Thank you so much. This is the Beautiful Feet Podcast. A partnership with BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. My name's Anthony. And I'm Jessica. This week, we're kind of settling it down. We just got done with the Christmas um, rush, the Christmas holiday. Hope you guys had a great holiday, by the way. Um, But now we're going to take a second. We're going to kind of, like we talked about in church today, look in the rearview mirror (laughs) and basically just talk about 2020 as a whole, the good, the bad, and what we learned, basically. Mm-hmm. So before we jump into that, did you have anything to add before we start reflecting? Um, I'm just like super excited for 2021. I feel like good things are happening for us in our personal life. And then just like, I feel like everyone is going into 2021 with like, okay, we can do this. We got this. Like, we're gonna we're gonna take this and have a fresh start, and I'm just excited. Yes. Um. So yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I'm also really excited because hopefully after New Year's the fireworks will stop because the cats and I have so, just been like. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but anytime there's any sort of celebration or holiday. People are shooting off fireworks, which I don't mind, but it it bothers you. Yeah, because it's... Where are we at now? Is it the 28th? Yeah. Sure. No, it's the 27th when we're recording this. So, Christmas has been over for like two days, and every night, still fireworks. But anyway, we're going to segue back to reflecting over 2020 as a whole. So... Um, the way we're going to kind of do this, like I said, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and what we learned, and then we'll go into like what we expect for the future, like 2021. Um, but before we do that, what was your, so back in 2019, what was your expectations for 2020? Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're taking this to a whole new level. So in December of 2019, I started my current job that I have in the library in the city where we live. And I was super excited, like, okay, like I'm finally back in the library again. So I was very hopeful for my library career and just settling into what it's like to work in this system. And then we, you know, in March of 2020, I was looking forward to our very first wedding anniversary. So like that was a wonderful milestone of like okay in just a few months we will have hit one year of marriage um, I was definitely hoping that we would be able 
to take a trip to the ocean because I have not been there in a while. Like we're talking numerous years and I just want to get some vitamin C. Yeah. Like, so I don't know for me, like going from 2019 to 2020, I almost looked at it like, okay, this is going to be the year, um, really that I prepared to go back to school, mm-hmm. figure out where I want to go, what I want to do. Um, it was going to be our one year anniversary. And so I was like, okay, we've made it one year. What can we do to make the second year better? You know, so I really had high expectations for 2020. As we all know, <laughs> March rolled around and completely just desecrated the rest of the year. For every month since March <laughs> has just been like a pitfall, I guess. But I, I don't... See, here's the thing is I don't want this episode to be doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot that happened in the year 2020 um, that we could we could learn from. So... We had expectations for 2020. Obviously, those changed. How did those change? Well, like normally, you know, because my parents live in a different city than we do, it was very easy for us to go back and forth and visit them. Yeah, we were doing that once or twice a week. With all of the restrictions that were in place, I was suddenly, for a period of time, just kind of cut off from... My parents. So I think one of the joys of 2020 was like, okay, like let's teach them how to video chat because they really have gotten into like they can just call us and see us. And my mom, especially, like she's able to video chat with her friends and people she knows in other states. And it's just really helped to keep her connected to her, you know, her social outlets because they completely shut down. Yeah. And my mom's a very, she's not like, hey, I want to party, but she does, like, she's active in her church, she's active in her local library, like, those were places that she really wanted and to be. Mm-hmm. As I'm sure we all had places where we anticipated, okay, in 2020, I'm just going to very easily be able to go to insert place here. Yeah. Well, for me, well, first of all, going back to that, like, you know, your mom learning the like Zoom call and like that, it was pretty funny, but I'm glad she was able to learn it because that's how we're communicating now. Like mm-hmm. through, through a lot of different ways. It, it, a lot of it's video conferencing and things like that. Um, yeah, I mean, my so my, my expectations really changed simply because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a busybody. You love to be active and out and about. So there's those people who like, okay, they leave their house in the morning and they go from place to place to place and they come home, basically eat dinner and sleep. I like that. That's how I've been for a long time. I'm more of a homebody. Like my perfect day off is I'm in my pajamas. I'm curled up with a book or with the TV or with the cats. Like home is where I want to be. Yeah. Well, and, and I love that, too. I like the balance of it. Like, when I'm busy, I'm busy. When I'm not, I'm vegging out and doing nothing else. Um, but, and then, like I said, 2020 came and we just kind of, like, everything ju- adjusted. Everything changed. But what I liked about it was 
I don't know. I think what I really liked about it was it gave me time to kind of pull away from everything and just figure out, and I'm still figuring this out. This isn't set yet, but just figuring out what I need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Well, we were talking about that this morning, and as we were preparing for the Bible study portion of the podcast, because we're going to talk about Solomon, but we're going to put a pin we'll in that, that for right now. But one of the things we talked about was like how our secular culture just inundates us with these messages of like, oh, well, if you just had this kind of house or this kind of car or this kind of clothes or this kind of purse, like they want to encourage us, oh, if you just spend your money on these things, then you will be happy. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes with, with busyness as well. If you're busy and you're constantly working, you'll be happy. And it's like, no, that's actually going to drain you out. Um, so you could say that maybe one, again, like another good thing about 2020 was learning to slow down and just relax and be okay with, I'm going to rest now. Yeah. But what were some of the difficult things in 2020? Let's start getting a little deeper with this. So in preparing for this podcast, for those of you who've listened to us for a while, you know that we have an episode about my anxiety. It's actually one of our highest played episodes. In the pre-COVID world, I struggled with anxiety. Like, I feel like I've been anxious from day one. It's just kind of something that I am always going to have to grapple with. Yeah. Before COVID. So when COVID arrived and stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed, my COVID-related anxiety, like the longer it continued, the higher my anxiety level was getting. And again, because I work... In a library setting, the library where I'm at right now, like we did close to the public for a period of time, but we are currently reopened. So now because I have to be around the public every day, Anthony can tell you like there are times where before my work shift starts, I just, I literally just cry because I'm like, I don't know how much longer I can keep leaving my home. Mm-hmm. When I don't feel like it's safe right now. Yeah. Well, and not only that, um, a lot of your, lot of your customers that come into the library, they're gonna be of lower income families or homeless people who come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and they're sometimes they're just coming in to get out of the heat or get out of the cold or just to get out of the element. Um, but we don't know if they are sick or if they're being taken care of. Um, so there's that, that anxiety there. Um, not to mention some of your coworkers have, have, they just, because of COVID, they took time off or they, um, they quarantined for their own safety. Mm-hmm. So that doubled your workload. Um, so there was a lot going on there. So normally I work like an opening shift. And like he said, because of everything going on, there was definitely a period of time where for the majority of my shift, I was the only person available for my team. 
So I had to complete my work and then the work of other people who were not currently available to be in the building. Yeah. So that this book can't wait till later. Like we you need to get those books back on the shelf. You mm-hmm. need to get them back in the system. Well, and a lot of what we do in addition to shelving things right now because people just want to be able to pick up their material and leave people are putting books on hold so we have these lists that we have to generate over time periods and those lists keep refreshing so like if you don't pull the list within certain time frames it just gets longer and longer so just trying to keep my head above water i feel like it it made me angry at times too mm-hmm. so i was dealing with anxiety which dealt with sadness dealt with anger like so many different emotions and obviously like because of your work being in the pharmaceutical world mm-hmm. you were also under a period of just heavy stress at work well so for me, it, a lot of it had to do with um, helping customers who are contacting us who don't don't have information, you know. So they're seeking out like um, information on medications. They're seeking out information on um, COVID, like vaccines or COVID information. Um, and if I'm not up to date with it, then I can't give that information to them. All I could do is point them to resources that might help. Um, And as anyone knows who works with any kind of customer, if you don't give them exactly what they want, they throw a tizzy. They get all upset. They get all... And and they can't speak to a supervisor because I am the supervisor. Well, I'm sure there's someone above you on the food chain, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well... Plus, I work overnight, so I can't go, yeah, let me get my supervisor. My supervisor's at home asleep. Like, that's just the way that is. Um, but, so there is that level of stress with it. There is that level of, you know, um, knowledge that needs to go with it. But at the same time, like, one of the best things that happened was right before everything shut down was when I got the supervisor position. Um... Which is good because you got more hours at work I did. and I got a promotion. It was definitely like this is very much needed to get us through COVID. Because about a month before the pandemic hit or began or however you want to phrase it, I was actually working two jobs because my job at the library was only giving me a certain number of hours. So I, I quit that job because I got more hours at work. And at the same time, like Anthony was saying, he was promoted. So we really felt like, okay, we're in for a wild ride. But through it all, as again we were talking about in church this morning, God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. was there with us. Well, and and that is the greatest thing, right? Because, like, I'm not going to act like through this whole time that I, you know, my connection with God has been stellar. It hasn't been great. I've said it on the podcast before. I feel like I've been floating. Mm-hmm. And every time I tried to adjust or every time I tried to go deeper uh, with my relationship with Jesus, like there's always something trying to steal my attention. Mm-hmm. 
Well, again, I think that comes back to the fact that we had a lot of time at home. And kind of what do you do when you're just at home and you don't feel like you can go anywhere? Yeah. You're going to want to, like, read a book. Or a lot of people, they're going to binge watch a TV show. Yeah. Well, and not only that, when I would try to read my Bible or try to spend that that quiet time, it just, I, I felt less of a connection. Mm-hmm. And for those who, who don't, who are not, you know, Christians or not, quote unquote, religious people, um, it's it, this com- this part of the conversation might seem very mysticized and mis- mystical, um, but it's just the idea of like actually feeling a connection with God. That's really all it is. Because we know that sin is the thing that separates us from God, but in this point, like it wasn't because you had a sin in your life that you were feeling disconnected from God. I think it was because there was just so much here's my unanswered questions like god what is going on yeah and even with things coming on in in our home there was times i'm like i'm having a hard time communicating with god you're having a hard time communicating with god uh and there was times that we had a hard time communicating together so for us again in the pre-covid world not just in our marriage but from the beginning of our dating relationship being able to go out, go to a movie, and have dinner. Like, this is a very solid date time for us. Yeah. I think in 2020, we saw three movies for the entire year. And that's usually, you know, within a few months or weeks, depending on what's going on. Yeah. So, but what you don't understand is, like, when we do that, when we go to the movies or when we go out to eat, that's when real conversation happens. Because when we're at home, it's basically, hey, it's it's dinner time, what do we want to make? Hey, it's bedtime, I'm going to bed. Hey, it's breakfast. Hey, it's lunch. Like, in in our home, we don't always have those conversations. But when we're out and about, going to the movies, or having dinner at a restaurant, like, that's when we go, okay, we're not talking about home. We're talking about, we're connecting with each other. So... We've always made it a point to go, hey, like, here's the topics we're going to discuss. Here's the ones we're not going to touch. Because I can actually probably flip through my planner and see kind of where our date time was versus where it is now. Because we have them working on it. Yes. Alrighty. Sorry, I should have had this ready, but I just, saying, now, right? no, just but... now thought about it. But it, but it is. It's one of those things that like, twenty twenty really, really kind of uh, put a halt to that because we couldn't go out and things were closed, so we weren't having the conversations that we needed to have to sustain what we what we wanted in our marriage. Well, and like a part of your promotion was that you went from here it is you went from working a day shift to working a night shift. Yeah. So in the time where we might have been like having those evenings together that was eliminated so and and when we when i'm coming home from work you might be waking up from from the morning Mm -hmm. and we can't have those conversations then you're half asleep i'm tired it's just not a good combination so the pandemic 
it was like mid-March. By mid-October, so seven months into it, we, we sat down and we were like, okay, if we had to give our relationship a score, like out of ten, where are we? We were at a five. A like, five out of ten. Our marriage that, was That's flatline. Like that to me that's borderline like this is not good. So we sat down and were like, How are we gonna work on this? So what we decided to do was the weekends where Anthony has a day off, instead of being like we have to have a date night, let's try for a date day. Yeah. A lunch, early dinner, or some kind of activity that we get to do. So, we, our current score is a 9 out of 10. Yeah. But that really took so much work. And I feel like, again, even people who are close to us had no idea that our marriage was in this troubled zone. Well... I don't think we knew until we finally sat down and were like, like, I I don't even know how the conversation started in October, but it was basically like, hey, we haven't, you know, we haven't talked in a while. Well, we felt disconnected from both God and each other. Yeah. And, and so we just, we just made this decision of like, this is, this is one step that we're going to do. There's been other steps that we've, we've put together Mm -hmm. right um but well like this is one this is one thing we can do now that certain things are opened again um we can we can now fix these things because like like i said i had no idea that our relationship was at a five until we had that conversation uh it's because we were so focused on um staying staying away from covid but still working and trying to see family when we could and just trying to deal with everything going on that we forgot about one of the most important pieces to our life. I think like most people in 2020, we literally just went into, okay, here's survival survival mode. Well, yeah. Like we're just trying to get through this. Mm-hmm. Especially like as the death tolls continued to rise. I was oh, freaking your, out. Your your um your anxiety spiked when that happened cuz she was literally she would wake up in the morning, grab her phone and like you would go to Google or wherever you get your news and be like, "Oh, now the death tolls higher. Now the death tolls moved up here." And I would tell her, like, dude, don't folk, like, don't have that be the main vocal point of your day. Yes, you can look at it and see what's going on, but like, this absorbed your morning, like, it then because you would read that and then you would read other articles and you just spiraled into this thing. I would do the same thing though. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't, um, it wasn't spiraling into the death tolls. I would look at that, but then I would like just spend countless hours on social media just to kind of stay away from it right so we both realized we basically got addicted to our phones yeah i'm working on it i'm working on it we definitely have to be like okay we're gonna put our phone away like in the other room when we intentionally have time together so that it's not like yeah we're here 
but we're not engaging with mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. Especially when we have quality time together. Like, on my nights off, we put our phones away because I'm like, this is the only time we are actually together. Um, it's different when it's like, hey, I have 20 minutes before I go to work. Um, but when I have the night off, mm-hmm. put you know, let's put the phones away. Uh, or even the computer. Sometimes we're like, hey, let's just watch something on TV, but stay away from other technology. Well, because, like, to put it in perspective for our listeners, there are weeks where there are four consecutive nights in a row where it's just me and the cats. Well, and I, so I come home from work 4.30, almost 5 in the morning. Um, I basically take a nap. I wake up. I'll take you to work. I'll come home, go back to bed, wake up, pick you up, and then come home and go back to bed until I have to go to work. So even if even if during the day people are like, well, you, you're together during the day, I'm like, no, I'm asleep, you know? So that is one thing about 2020 that I think everyone has realized is that without community, we do feel very lonely. Yeah. And not only do I need, obviously... The community with my wife but because of everything I was doing within my church community I need that like when I don't have my church community to go to to be involved in I don't want to say I was depressed but I definitely wasn't in a good place well your heart the thing that you are preparing to do is to become a pastor so you like that is going to be a part of your profession is being involved in the church world. Yeah. So, yeah. And now that our church is open, opened, but like they still, I'm still only going like once every other week and things like that. Um, that's helping a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Like I said, we're both a work in progress when it comes to these issues. And that's what I love about having this podcast is we can... We can be honest in real time and go, look, this is what's currently going on. Not, oh, we're we're out of the, we're out in the clear. Well, in 2020 also saw the start of a small group for us. Like you had been co-leading a different group, Mm -hmm. but because we live in a different city now, we're like, okay, we feel ready to have our own group where you are the, the host. So I do host a a small group, which is basically a Bible study where we kind of talk about, um, we kind of talk about what the message was about, you know, that Sunday and just kind of give our reflections on it. Um, And we met this wonderful couple who we realized that because of everything going on, we've only seen them on Zoom. Like we've never, never, never met them in person, but like we were able to virtually attend their wedding and it's just been this wonderful bond and relationship between us as a couple and them as a couple and that's a really great thing that came out of 2020 Mm -hmm. so yeah let's let's start talking about the things that are the the real positives right so we've talked about the our expectations we've talked about what we you know the trials and tribulations we've been through over the last I'm going to say year, even though it hasn't been a complete year. Um, let's talk about the good things. 
Yes, you got your hours of work. I got my promotion, but let's let's talk more. Well, with those hours at work, we decided to be very intentional about our finances. We worked, we saved, we've built our savings, and because like our goal is to eventually own our own home. Yeah. Um, we are getting ready to move in the spring. We're going to be in a different apartment, but um. I feel like financially that was one thing that when we first got married, it was very much a burden on you. Yeah, well, it was because I wasn't making much, you weren't making much, um, and then we had moments of unemployment, and so, you know, we, we we just got hit with a lot, but the fact that God was faithful enough to be like, hey, I'm going to pull you out of that, and he got we got out of debt. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We're halfway through paying off our car. Yeah. We're halfway there with that. So, and what's great about it is we've been crunching some numbers. We're, we're not buying a house. Like you said, we're getting an apartment. But we're getting an upgraded apartment. Because the one we live in now is like... It feels like a hotel room. It does not feel like a home. Well, and not only does it feel like a hotel room, but I'm going to be completely honest. It's in a low-income area. So it's not really well maintained. It's not really well, um, basically, it's not put together very well at all. Well, and I feel like some people could look around and be like, how can you be happy here? But Mm -hmm. I I feel like we definitely have felt that God has been here with us and been blessing us this year. Definitely. Um, Like I said, to the point where now we can afford an apartment. And I told her, I go, we don't need to pick, like, the first apartment we come across. We can be a little more picky. Well, and in our premarital counseling, we decided when we got married that we were going to tithe throughout our marriage. And there were times where I was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but... It did. It did. Every Every single time. So, that's one of the, the biggest things was... We've been able to not only help ourselves financially, but we've been able to to support our church financially through the whole thing. And for those of our listeners who might not be aware of what tithing is, do you want to give like a brief explanation of it? Um, So basically, it's the concept or the idea that any income that you have, you um, take 10% of that. And you give it to the church. The reason you do that, and a lot of people look at this as like, oh, the church is is being greedy and asking for money. Especially at the time that this was put into place, which was actually the time of Moses, by the way. It was way back, uh, Old Testament. Um, And at that time, it wasn't money. It would have been like livestock uh, that you would bring in. But you... um, So at the time that that... You know that took place. You would bring in your livestock, and it would help feed the 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 staff at the church. It would help um, a bunch of different things. So nowadays, like I said, you bring in ten percent of your paycheck, um, and what that looks like is most churches. That's how the pastors get paid. That's how they plan um, their uh, their programming. That's how they you know pay staff for kids you know child care all that kind of comes from and there's there's actually a scripture in first 
one of the Corinthians, I think it's First Corinthians, where it talks about the importance of tithing because that is how pastors make a living. So, and obviously, again, because looking toward the future, because you do want to be a pastor, one day there will be a congregation that will be helping to pay your salary as well. Absolutely. And I've actually met people who not only do ministry, but, and it's their full-time job, they don't have another job. They actually have to fundraise, which means it's not, it's not always a monthly thing. They'll do it, you know, a few times a year where they meet with people and they go, hey, here's what I'm currently working on. Will you donate to my cause? And yes, it's a tax write-off and all that kind of stuff. And that's how they get paid. And one of the guys who I know who has done this, I don't know how often he has to do it, but he has a wife and two kids. And his wife also has a job, so, but she's also in ministry doing the same thing. So they both have an income where if you don't give generously to the church or you don't even give a little bit, they're not getting paid. So, um, and like I said, they have two kids. One of them, I think, is in high school. The other one's in junior high, I want to say. But anyway, uh, I mean, I have a lot of friends who, who are starting to work in churches or who have worked in churches. And yeah, so yeah, we've been able to tie through the whole thing. And um, that's been very beneficial. Um, just because it, it reminds us that, yes, we can use this money for ourselves, but we can also bless other people. Mm-hmm. Well, and then another like good thing from 2020, my relationship with my dad, I feel like we have talked more on the phone in this year than I think we ever have, just calling each other. Because um, my parents are, you know, my dad is definitely retired. My mom still works part-time. But, like, I just felt this burden on my heart of, like, I don't want my parents to feel lonely or bored or, you know, that kind of a thing. So, like, pre-COVID, I would call my dad on the phone. It would last for a few minutes. Now, I think, I think the I, longest at that time was maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, 5 to 10 minutes. Now, I settle in for, like, a 45-minute conversation, and I just love the bonding time that we've been able to have, like, hearing stories from when he was a younger man and just being able to... To him, Anthony's smiling because, like, he hears the story sometimes too. And, um, her, her dad's got some wild stories. He's lived a life, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I think with my family, like, we not only went through COVID, but we had a family member who had cancer. So that's right was... around the same time. Everything's fine, they've, they've recovered, everything's cool. I'm not gonna make it sound like it was worse than it was. I couldn't be there for this family member just because of my work schedule and what they needed. It was very difficult. Um, I don't talk to my family as much as you do. My family and I but, are very connected. But when we do get together, like, we've always had fun. We've always enjoyed each other's company. Um, for the most part, there's a few moments, but we're not going to get into that. Anyway, yeah, like, it's just been... Ever since COVID, like, I feel like we've, when we do get together, we take the time to go, okay, we only get together, like, every four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's enjoy this time. So, Christmas this year was very special for us because we were able to spend an extended amount of time just 
all together, and it was really lovely. It was. It was very nice. Um, but yeah, any other reflections on 2020? I feel like I learned about myself the fact that yes like I do like my quiet time but I miss like the ability to just sit and chat especially like with one of my best friends Stephanie I have talked to her on chat literally like on a daily basis just because I just miss my friends and I never thought I was gonna miss them this much but man like we're just texting each other and and, like, I love that, but it's not the same as being able to, you know, walk Sit them all table, together yeah. or have a meal or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I think for me, a lot of it is just, it was just, it's realizing what my priorities are. Mm-hmm. You know, am I going to prioritize social media over um, my time with God or my time with my wife? Like, or am I going to actually just go, okay, I have this time. Let's use it for something good. Well, and for a lot of people, like, sports had stopped for a moment in time. Um, wrestling did Wrestling continued, so, like, you still had stuff to watch. But I know my father-in-law, like, he had a period of time where they're just, like, they just had oh, no sports. Oh, he was so upset. My dad was so upset. He was really hurting because that... That's all he watches. That's a big chunk of... You know, his downtime, how he relaxes after work. He watches a baseball game. Yeah. Um, so, let's talk about 2021. What are our expectations for next year? Obviously, COVID is still happening. Mm-hmm. But we do have a vaccine or a vaccination yeah. that's starting to get around. I know my aunt took one because uh, she's a nurse. So, shout out to her. Uh, my stepmom is up for one pretty soon. I don't know when. So they're getting out there. So in my mind, I'm starting to see, um, I guess, an end to this tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still a ways down there. But we're starting to see that it, it can come to an end. So what are we expecting for 2021? So 2021, like you said, you're getting ready to go back to school. I also am thinking about going back to school again to get my uh, my master's degree in library science because the little dream in my tiny heart, like the thing I really, really want is to become a librarian. And a part of that process is having your master's degree, mm-hmm. which I am really nervous about because... I just have a lot of self-doubt, and I'm like, it just seems like it's going to be so much work, but I've talked to people who already have their degree, who are working as librarians, and it's been so encouraging, again, to just be able to digitally reach out to them and get advice about these things, so mm-hmm. going back to school, hopefully. So that is <laughs> that is the plan for 2020, at least, at least in my mind, like, mapping it out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not, not starting in 2021, but at least having a plan for both of us. Yeah, maybe not enrolling in classes, but just kind of picking what schools we want and how we're going to afford it. I'm still going to go with, um, you know, the Robin Hood method. We have talked about this. That is not an ethical way to go. True. So Because he's always like, well, we could just rob a bank. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> Again, joking. 
not going to rob a bank, don't even have the equipment to do it, even though I do have enough masks. Oh, my God. We, so, are, <laughs> we are law-abiding citizens in this household, I promise you. <laughs> so, anyway, um, my expectations for 2021... Um, yes, I want to I wanna really start buckling down to looking into where I want to go to school to become a pastor. Um, I've, I've, like I said, I've missed being in the church. I've missed the work that I do there. And I was doing a lot of stuff from production, from uh, junior high to um, baptisms to... I mean, I was kind of all over the map, and I loved every minute of it. Nothing made me happier than going from junior high and finishing, you know, working with them to immediately having to run to the bathroom to change, to baptize four or five people, to go and then do production. Like, I love being busy. I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but I love it. So, so I'm excited to do that. Uh, oh, my. You, you had a thought. And it I totally did. fell apart. Okay. So, in kind of conjunction with that, you and I, like... We really want in 2021 to get a lot of writing done, and we have a whole lot of jam-packed podcasting like mapped out. We took a weekend and mapped out all the way to what, July? It's all the way to August, because August. that's as far as my planner would go. And all of it, we're not just doing like movie reviews like we did the last year, because last year we really wanted it to be more fun, mm -hmm. and you know, because of everything going on, and just... All that type of stuff. This is really going to be research heavy. And then we'll still have fun with it. It's going to be... we have. I'm so excited for the podcast in 2021. So, I was a history major for my bachelor's degree. I love research. I was, like, today getting ready for the Bible study portion of the podcast. I went down this rabbit hole all about Solomon, which we will talk about after the commercial break. So, my heart is so excited to really, as Anthony likes to say, to dive into biblical history. Like, I'm so yes. ready for it. So, any last comments on 2020, going into 2021? Notice we're not doing um, New Year's resolutions. We're just saying this is what we expect. Well, and in our family, kind of our New Year is really more of like our actual birthday. So, I started, yeah, I started that. Which um, I know is weird, but... Explain. So I started that years ago, uh, probably in college, um, which that's weird to think that that was years ago because I still feel like that was yesterday. I, but you still look like it was yesterday. You look great. Yeah, I look good. Uh, so basically, like I realized, I go, wait a minute. My actual year of life does not start in January. It starts in October because that's when I was born. And so I always get really reflective around September and October mm -hmm. where I'm like, okay, I'm getting another year older. What do I want to accomplish for the next year? So I always kind of do that around my birthday. Um, I don't do it around New Year's. And I usually, there's always one or two that are always the same. Um, and then I'll have maybe one or two that kind of fluctuate depending on where I am in my life. Um, so yeah, I have never had New Year's resolutions. I've always just planned stuff out for my birthday. And I really like that. I think it's so unique because it, it's like, okay, this is the day that is all about me. It's my birthday. 
So what do I want my next year to look like? I love it. Yeah. Um, but no, this 2020, I'm really expecting. We're also, like I said, we're moving. So I'm excited about that. Because yeah. you and I, we feel like we need a new, just a new environment. Uh, but what I actually want to do, when it's safe to do so, I want to start meeting with people again. Mm-hmm. Just having face-to-face conversation. Still being cautious, still being, you know, uh, careful. But, um, and I want to do, with the new apartment, I want to actually um, take the time to get to know the people around us. We did a little bit here, but we were going through so much in this apartment. I don't feel like we did everything that we could to kind of reach out to the community around us. Well, and I have to laugh because two of the people that we did end up getting close to, because of circumstances in their lives, they ended up moving. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I Every time out. we get close to people, they move. But I look at that as a good thing. But no, I feel like they, they were moving into different stages of their lives. Into better stages or better new stages. Better things were coming for them. So I was happy to, to, like, we're still friends on social media and I can keep in touch with them in that way. Definitely. So, once again, last comments. Last comments about 2020. Good riddance. Yeah, I am. Um, Thank you for the memories. Ugh, oh my goodness. Like, Anthony and I were talking about this, like, last night. I never, never in my lifetime would have thought that, oh. yes, we're going to live through a pandemic together. Happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing. This is going to be written down in history. Mm-hmm. So, like, we will be able to tell our kids, our grandkids, or whoever... Like, we survived it, this is what we did, this is what we had to do to survive, or whatever. And this podcast is going to be part of that. It's we'll like be a, able... This a, is a time capsule. A digital time capsule, yes it is. Welcome to our digital time capsule. We're going to take a quick quick break. We're going to be back with the life of Solomon. We're going through a, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, right? Yes. Okay, so we'll be right back with the Beautiful Feet podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. Myth the Gentleman of Myth the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. And you are now listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Like and subscribe. This episode of the Beautiful Feet Podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary of My Solitude, a published book of poetry by me, Anthony Giesick. You can pick up your copy at beautifulfeetentertainment.com at iUniverse.com and Amazon.com. Welcome back to the Beautiful Feet Podcast. This is usually the portion where we go over scripture, and we are going to, um, but we're going to do it slightly different. We have a little bit of history to go over with you as well. Um, so, what you saw, heard in the, you know, before the break, we were going over just a review of 2020. And, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. What are we doing now? So, right now. <laughs> <laughs> my mind just fell straight off the track. I don't know what happened. It's okay. That's why I have my planner at the ready. It's kind of like our collective brain. Anyway, so right now, we are going to be taking a look at the book of Ecclesiastes, specifically chapter 3. And then we're going to also be talking a little bit 
peeking behind the curtain into the life of King Solomon. There we go. See, even though we go through this like on a weekly basis and almost everything I say is scripted in my mind, I totally, that that's a blooper reel if I've ever seen one. <laughs> but before we jump into the life of Solomon and Ecclesiastes, what she did right, let's have a quick conversation about what's down the pipeline in January. So, as we said earlier in the podcast, we took a weekend in December of... December. 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 I don't know. We took a weekend and we just sat and we had time and we're like, okay, we are going to really map out the podcast. So, we have every month from January until August 2021 chock full of new and exciting things. So... Yeah. Coming up in January on the Beautiful Feet Entertainment Podcast, January, oh, I should probably back it up a little bit. For those of you who have been listening for a while, you know that the Bible study portion of the podcast, we always have a certain book that we focus on. So we're going to be focusing on the book of John. So for January 4th, to kick off 2021, We're going to start with John chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the history of the Bible, looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament, just kind Mm -hmm. of those differences. So, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. One thing I love about the book of John, before we jump in any further, it's usually, it's a very good book if you're starting off, like as reading the Bible or as a Christian. It's a great opening book. Well, and in crafting our podcast for 2021, we realized that a lot of people, because of 2020, they might be new to the Christian faith. So we're like, okay, let's let's build some basics for them. Mm-hmm. A, a good little starting point. And this is why we have decided, and again, remember, we are not scholars by any stretch of the imagination, but we're going to give you a history of the Bible. Like, so the first, what do we have for January as far as the history of the Bible and what that looks like? So, for the the first kind of thing we're going to focus on is just the Old Testament and the New Testament, kind of di- the differences between them and just looking mm-hmm. at the fact that you have the ancient Israelites and then the ancient world during Jesus' time. Um, so that brings us to the second week in January, the 11th. We're going to be looking at John chapter 2. But then we're also going to look at archaeological and written evidence that supports the kind of history of the Bible timeline, as it were. Yes. For January 18th, it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Hooray. Uh, so we'll look at John chapter 3. And then we'll go into a little bit of the biblical accuracy because that is one thing that scholarship has looked into. I feel like a lot of people who go about to be like, I want to disprove the Bible actually end up becoming Christians, but that's another conversation for another day. Oh, we're going to have that conversation on that day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, January 25th, we're going to be going into John chapter 4. And then we're going to get more into church history. We're going to be talking about 
Martin Luther and the Reformation and kind of how the Bible went from Latin to being in German and just a little side note about the Apocrypha. So You're going to love that yeah. week. I had to school Anthony about Protestantism because he's like, I don't know what that means. So I didn't grow up in the church. So are all these different denominations confuse me and I'm just like, why, why do you split? Like, why are you splitting hairs over something so small? Uh, which, because to me, it seems small. Um, but to them, it was a bigger deal, probably because of the role of the church at the time. But I don't want to digress too much. But we have a great 2021 plan for you guys. We want to give you a heads up so you can start reading the book of John, taking some notes. One thing I also want to do, and I didn't talk to you about this, but... Alright, this is live and in real time. This we got is my live and real time. I, we also want to, or at least I want to, um, really start adding to our social media. So, doing small videos on, on social media, uh, on Instagram. I'm not going to be jumping into TikTok anytime soon. It's just... I've seen TikTok videos and I'm like, eh, no, I'm, I think we're okay. Um, but that way we could have more of a um, social media presence. So we can grow this podcast more than what it's grown in the last year. So how's that sound to you as you I'm vehemently write I'm frantically making sure that I have this in my planner. And what I would also like to do while she's writing this in her planner, I want to actually showcase other talents that we have. So making Beautiful Feet Entertainment more of a community bringing outside people in? Well, I think it's going to start here, right? So it's going to start with you and me going, look, I'm good at writing stories. Let's put some of those online. I'm good at doing this. Let's do some of that. And then we could try to branch out and have other people join us as well. As Here, our cats. Can you maybe give her a cuddle or something? I don't know yeah, what she needs. Our cat's, you know, rummaging around on the table. So if you're hearing background noise, that's what it is. Um, well, but anyway. normally, like, when we're home with them and they know, hey, we're not going to be going to work or leaving, this is the time where they are like, I want to cuddle. Yeah. So anyway, how do those ideas sound to you? Just kind of diversifying beautiful feet entertainment. I like it. I, I feel like it's going to be a very good trajectory for us. I like the word. So, let's put the notebook down. Let's jump into Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And, you know, let's start talking about this amazing work that you did with the life of Solomon. Okay. <laughs> so, I love history. It is such a passion in my life. It is what I majored in for my bachelor's degree in college. So I just got really into the life of Solomon for this. Because yeah. Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to be looking at chapter 3. I would so. highly recommend read the whole book. It's yeah. only, what, seven? It's pretty short. Let me take a look here. It is it's 12, 12 chapters, chapters, but the chapters are short, so you could actually read it in one sitting. It's really short. Anyway, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, so let's our, jump. Our focal point is really going to be on verses 1 
through eight. Let's do it. Would you mind reading those, please? A time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So, if that doesn't sum up 2020, I don't know what does. Well, and there's... There's so much diversity here in the types of activities that he's listing. We have some very positive attitude attributes and things and some very negative things as well. Mm -hmm. I think Solomon understood that life is not always going to be this wonderful, bright, hopeful thing. Sunshine and rainbows. Yes, but that we are going to have to encounter times or seasons in our lives where things just don't work out the way that we thought they were going so, to. So, and like I said, that's a perfect branch from what we talked about in the first part of the episode where we're talking, reflecting over what 2020 has given us and what we have learned from it. So this is a t that was a time, like, our country... Our country, our globe, our entire planet went through, I'm going to consider it basically like a famine. Mm -hmm. We went through so much, um, just so much stuff. And in America, we went through, we actually went through social injustices as well. Like we got hit with so much stuff. So that was a very heavy summer for us to just look at the members of the African American community who... I, I, I just have no words for the injustice that they have suffered. But I love this uh, part in um, Ecclesiastes 3 where he says, There's a time to, to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build. Like, I love that because one, I think we're getting ready to enter into a time. We went through 2020. I think 2020 just tore everything down, right? Our economy, it tore down, uh, like I said, it, it revealed a lot of cracks in our foundation as a country. Well, because people not only are losing their lives, but for those of us that remain, there are so many people who are losing their livelihoods. So we yeah. have our health, our economy, just everything is destroyed. But if you notice what it says, there's a time to, to kill and then there's a time to heal. I think 2021 is going to be that healing time. Um, and it's going to be the beginning of it. It's not just going to happen in 2021, but I think it's going to happen from, from there on. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Where we start to build better relationships with people of color or better relationships with people from different cultures. 
And uh, not only that, we are going, you know, I think we're going to enter into a time of healing ourselves because of what we went through uh, as a country and as a world. Um, I think this is a time to rebuild not our economy, but before we can rebuild our economy, we have to rebuild our, our moral high ground as our cats are literally fighting in the kitchen. <laughs> they're having some playtime. So, right yeah, they're, they're, they're having fun. But, um, but this is why I love this scripture because I think a lot of people think that being a Christian, they have this misunderstanding that, oh, everything's going to be great and grand and it's going to be uh, happy all the time. That's not the case. You're going to go through, let's just say it this way, you're going to go through hell. You're going to go through hell. You're going to go through trials, tribulations, brokenness, despair. But you're also going to have joy in that. Well, and I think if 2020 has taught us anything, it's to be able to slow down and savor those moments when joy is available. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many people who are getting engaged or getting married during this time just because they don't want to have to feel alone anymore. But marriage is a wonderful thing to celebrate. Up top. So, as we're about to hit two years, it's awesome. Anyway, um, is there any other things from that, excuse me, from that chapter that you want to pinpoint or want to highlight? Well, like Anthony was saying, even though it has 12 chapters, they are very short. I feel like reading Ecclesiastes in its entirety just helps to paint this wonderful picture of a man who literally, what he asked God for was wisdom. And so that's what he's imparting to us today. So let's figure out why did he ask for wisdom? Okay, so this is where I went down the academic rabbit hole and I was cheesing out, man. I was so ready for this. Because most people, if you had one wish, um, they would wish for money or authority, or power. This dude asked for wisdom. Let's figure out why. So, Solomon was the son of King David and Bathsheba. And Solomon was the one who God had appointed to build the temple. Because David was a king of war, David was not who God was like, hey, I really want this for you. Because the temple was going to be this place of peace for that community. Now, because Solomon was king, he literally had numerous resources at his disposal. Yes. And to look at Solomon's wealth, so a lot of what Solomon talks about in Ecclesiastes, he's got these main focuses I'm going to flip back here we go so he's like hey things that are pleasurable like that's going to last for a moment but it's not going to give you everlasting happiness if you're successful that also is going to leave a void in your life and riches that like monetary wealth that also is not going to leave you feeling happy and fulfilled now solomon was a man who knew a thing or two about being rich and successful and having pleasures at his disposal. Yeah. This dude, okay. 
So when you said that, when we talked about it, sorry, I was looking for something um, on the website, but when you were talking about it, and we were talking about his wealth, he has every resource available to him. I had to ask the question, if we were to compare his wealth, what we know about it, to current day millionaires, billionaires, the upper crust of America, where does Solomon fall? So, show me how to get to the Google tabs. I'm, oh, Lord. I don't know where they are. Okay. Boom. So, from lovemoney.com, when I Googled, okay, what is King Solomon's wealth in today's terms? King Solomon of Israel, the peak net worth that he reached was $2 trillion. So, when we found that out, so we found out it's $2 trillion. Now, that, that's at the peak. That's not a yearly income or anything like that. That's just, he's at the peak of his wealth. It's $2 trillion. I had to ask the question, how many of our, our uh, upper crust are anywhere near $2 trillion? So, here's a little blurb about King Solomon. It says, according to the Bible... King Solomon ruled from 970 B.C. to 931 B.C. And during this time, it is said he is said to have received 25 tons of gold for each of the 39 years of his reign. So every year, he gets 25 tons of gold. So that would be worth billions of dollars as of 2016 along with the impossible riches amassed from taxation and trade the biblical ruler's personal fortune so not the country that he was ruling over but his personal assets could have surpassed two trillion dollars in today's money so we were looking up like okay is there anybody that like comes close <laughs> jeff bezos the founder and ceo of amazon is projected as of 2026 to be the first trillionaire. So he would have $1 trillion. Solomon had twice as many. And first of all, that's projected 2026. So, so he is not five years. He is not currently a trillionaire. Now, I don't know if you Googled this or if you looked this one up, but what about someone like Bill Gates? What's his current net worth? That I did not. Let's find out. So, so, if you can open up another tab here, we're gonna go ahead and look that up now in real time, everyone. So, as she's doing that, think about that though. Solomon, um, who lived um, thousands of years ago, had a net worth of two, roughly around two trillion dollars in today's money. Jeff Bezos is not there yet. We just found out. As of, you know, as we just Googled it. So I don't know how accurate this is, but it's $120.1 billion for Bill Gates. That's for Bill Gates. Um, okay. So I'm guessing there's not a single person. Now, again, we're just looking in America. Like, we're not looking into, you know, kings from other areas. We're just looking in America. We do not have anyone currently who reaches what he had at that time. But you have more research to show us. Yes. So in looking at the life of King Solomon, 
we're going to be looking at the book of First Kings, chapter 4. So we know that Solomon ruled over all of Israel, and he had a lot of people who were underneath his command. He had people who were his secretaries. He had people who worked as the priests. He had advisors. He had district governors. So there are a lot of people who are what we would think of as employed Employees. by Solomon. And that goes on the first 19 verses of chapter 4 you get to see all of the people who were almost what we would think of as like the White House staff mm -hmm. to make it relatable to our American audiences yeah so starting in verse 20 we look at the daily provisions of Solomon it says the people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore they ate, they drank, and they were happy. And Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms, from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, as far as the border of Egypt. And these countries brought tribute and were Solomon's subjects all of his life. Verse 22. Solomon's daily provisions were 30 cores of the finest flour. So I was like, well, what, what is, that is a core? Like, I don't know what that means. So, a core... One biblical core is the equivalent of 6.24 bushels of dry measurement in the U.S. So we were like, okay, so what's a bushel? Like, let's put that into perspective. A bushel is a measurement of capacity that's equal to 64 U.S. pints. And it's used for dry goods. So it's like, okay, let's get a pint in perspective here. So a pint is a unit a volume that is about traditionally one-eighth of a gallon. So if one pint is an eighth of a gallon, then a bushel. and then a bushel is 64 pints, and then a core is 6.24 bushels, that's going to be a lot of flour. So we're saying this basically just to reiterate he was loaded. And this is for one day. Yeah. You have 30 cores of the finest flour, 60 cores of meal, 10 heads of stall-fed cattle, 20 of pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep and goats, as well as deer, gazelles, roebucks, and choice Foul. For he ruled over all the kingdoms west of the Euphrates River, from Tipsah to Gaza, and had peace on all sides. During Solomon's lifetime, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived in safety, everyone under their own vine and under their own fig tree. Now Solomon had 4,000 stalls for chariot horses and 12,000 thousand horses. The district governors each month supplied provisions for King Solomon and all who came to the king's table. They saw to it that nothing was lacking. They also brought to the proper place their quotas of barley and straw for the chariot horses and the other horses. And then we go into Solomon's wisdom. So before we kind of jump into that, um, 
I do want to kind of just point out, we say, literally, we say all of that just to say this dude was loaded. He had a bunch of money. He had all the resources in the world. So when it came time for him to ask God for something, he still, I mean, he easily, and I think in the scripture that actually God was like, why, why are you asking me for wisdom? Because he asked God for wisdom. Um, and I just, because he could have asked for more wealth. He could have asked for a lot of different things. Um, but I think you've made a good point. He had seen in his lifetime, he had seen rulers who had all these resources and they made unwise choices. So he asked for wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in Ecclesiastes, he also continually mentions that even though he has these resources, it doesn't create happiness. He talks about the fact that in his mind, they're literally worthless or meaningless and for most of us what do we kind of dream about like will you tell them about the the jaguar the car thing so um yeah so we're talking about this we're kind of prepping for this whole thing and we're talking about how most people the average person would actually wish for possessions money power influence um and I was reminded of a, of a, I think I saw it on Instagram. Um, basically, it said, do you ever wonder why Jaguar, like the, the car company, never has commercials on TV? And it basically boiled down to the idea that like the people who can't afford a Jaguar are not sitting around watching TV. So it's just, you know, it's just the idea of, you know, it, it, it's meant to like inspire you to be like, oh, work for what you want. Uh, but it really just comes down to, you know, the fact that you don't, when, when you're constantly working, you don't have time for those luxuries. Well, and for Solomon's day, he had access to everything easily at his disposal. Oh, definitely. Everything. So for us, that would be like the people on social media that you see that are always driving the most recent cars, that have these palatial style mansions for houses, just these symbols of wealth. Yeah. But I love the fact that uh, Solomon was like, I have all of this, and I'm still... Not that he's unhappy. I don't think he was depressed. But he's saying it's not fulfilling to me. It doesn't give my life purpose. But wisdom allowed him to impact people around him by his writing, uh, by his words. And he was able to impact people. Well, and if you look further on in Ecclesiastes, if you look the entirety of chapter 7 is all about wisdom. Yeah. So now he's expressing like how how important wisdom is and how important it is to make wise choices. And because he's been around money, he even talks about like, hey, extortion turns a wise person into a fool and a bribe corrupts the heart. So like he knows that because of his wealth, power, and influence, there are people who are going to want to buy into that. Yeah. 
And so what does that mean for us today? Leaving 2020, getting ready to go into 2021, how do we apply this? Because we don't have as much resources mm -hmm. as he does. How do we apply this? First of all, I think we need wisdom. And we need not just like wisdom from our friends and our family. We need godly wisdom. We need to turn to God and go, what is the correct choice? Please guide me. So in chapter 11, he has a section where he talks about remembering your creator while you're young. So basically in your youth to acknowledge God. And why would that be? Why do you think that's important? He says that God is going to see the ways of your heart. He's going to know all the things that you know. And he's going to bring you into judgment for it. And then in chapter 12, he continues with this. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of your trouble come. And the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the light and the sun and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. And he just talks about all of these things. Um, his, his main point, we, we hear it at funerals a lot. From dust is where we came and dust is to where we're going to return. Because he says that the spirit returns to God who is the one who gave it life. Mm-hmm. So basically what he says, I have everything at my disposal. I am the richest man in history. Um, but he says that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't fulfill me in my life. Wisdom guides me to God. God fulfills my life. Um, and, and I think that's wise. That, that's smart to think about right now is like, what is guiding your life? Because I know a lot of us have gone through troubles this year. Like we were talking about earlier, we may, you may have lost a job. You may have lost a family member. You may have lost both. You may be in the most difficult time in your life. And you had a lot of resources that, you know, before COVID. And now you're just wondering what's next. But when you actually take time and connect with God through Jesus, you know, it's not going to fix all your problems, but what it will do is it will give you wisdom to make the next wise choice. And that's how you're going to kind of get yourself back out of whatever area you are in your life. Well, and just in the same way that we see that Solomon valued wisdom, we know that Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, he also valued wisdom because from one of the first instances or like references of Jesus even before his public ministry began yeah. we see that Jesus was in the temple as a 12 year old and he taught with the authority elders, yeah he so taught the elders he like the elders in this community are people who had devoted their in the entirety of their lives to the study of the Jewish scriptures mm -hmm. and Jesus came and he was teaching them so we know that God values wisdom, mm -hmm. and because God loves and cares for us, that is something that he wants us to seek after yeah. wholeheartedly. And here's the truth. One thing that we, Jessica and I, have always 
kind of prided ourselves on is when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about hope, when we talk about real life in the context of the Christian faith, we don't want to sugarcoat anything. That's why I said, if you trust in Jesus, it's not going to fix all your problems with the snap of a finger. But that wisdom that you gain or the friends that you make in your Christian walk, they will be able to guide you to make wise choices. I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, I've accepted Jesus. I'm never going to be broke. I'm never going to be in despair. I'm never going to be upset. That's unrealistic. And I think too often that's the image we try to portray. That's not what we're here to do. So it reminds me of the book of Joel. Um, for those of you who might not have read it, the book of Joel, it's a very small book. and I wouldn't even call it a book. I think it's a letter. It's, it's, it's an easy read. So what Joel is trying to do is he wants the people of Judah to repent of their sins and stop sinning, which is the thing that separates us from God. So Joel is talking about... I love the fact that, yes, we see the people go through utter desolation, but we also see that God brings restoration. Because during this time, there are these locusts that invade. So Joel says that God restores what the locust has taken away. And I feel like that is what God is going to be doing in 2021 that yes we've had so many things taken away from us during this year but we're also going to see God bring restoration I would agree I definitely agree but in order for that restoration to happen we have to um, be willing to let God work out that restoration it may not happen the way we think it's going to happen it might look differently so we have, and I'm saying we, as in you and I, but also as in the listeners, we have to be open to the way God works in our lives. So, so we learned a lot from Solomon and his life and the wisdom that he imparted. And we just know that Jesus also wants to give us wisdom. But like Anthony said, God, he works in mysterious ways. So we might not understand why 2020 happened. I think for me that was a big thing that made my heart heavy is because if the essence of God is love and he wants to love and care for us, why did we have to go through all of this destruction Famine and, and brokenness? And, yeah. But I think that's because I look at it from this analogy like and again, I'm not a farmer, but I, I, the, from what I've learned, like you have to get rid of the topsoil to get to the good soil. Mm-hmm. And the topsoil, especially in desert areas, it's always hard. So you really have to break it down. That's what God was doing in 2020. He was breaking down our topsoil so 2021 he can rebuild the foundation of, of who we are. Well, and also a thing, too, when you're getting an area that you're going to be like, okay, this is where we know we're going to plant. You have to remove like rocks and other things and you dig into the soil so that you, you have places for these plants to grow and to flourish. Definitely. 
And like Anthony said, like we are not farmers. We live in a city. We're very disconnected from that agricultural process. But people in Bible times would have been very familiar with with that that analogy. But yeah, so that is our hope for 2021. We. I honestly believe God is going to restore a lot of things, whether it's relationships, whether it's jobs, whether it's careers, but he's going to do it in a totally different way than what we expect. So have your hearts, your eyes open and be willing to walk in that path. Um, So if there are any farmers who are listening to our Beautiful Feet podcast, please feel free to chime in and enlighten us with how this whole process goes from getting the soil to, okay, here's the food that we eat or the animals that we have or milk or just all of this other stuff. And if you're a farmer, thank you. Big thank you. Because I don't know how to farm. Well, I'm like, you know, we live in a very big city, so we rely on farmers. Food coming in. Like, we rely on that food or else we wouldn't. We wouldn't, we wouldn't make it. We wouldn't survive. We would not have this podcast if it were not for the <laughs> lovely farmers out there. So, anyway, that's our hope for 2021. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Um, and then we'll go ahead and close the podcast from there. So, thank you so much for all of you who have chimed in, who have listened. We just love our listeners so much. And we are really excited for 2021 and to be able to share in it with you. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for 2020 and everything we've been able to learn this year. Um, Even when it seemed like we were at the bleakest part of our lives, even when it seems like we had nothing to offer, you were faithful, you were loving, and you led us through this entire thing. You're continuing to lead us because we're still in the midst of it. Uh, We just really pray for the hearts of of beautiful feet and entertainment and as well as every listener out there we just pray god that as you are working in our lives that we would be open to what you're doing that we would be open to the path you've asked us to take and we just prepare ourselves as we as we know you are going to restore everything in our lives um in due time we pray god that we would just live our lives for you and, and really just glorify your name with the way that we live, the way that we act, the way that we talk, and the jobs that we have. I thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much uh, for this year, you guys. Um, and get ready for a great 2021. We will be back in 2021 with brand new episodes. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Or hit us up at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Yeah, BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Have a great rest of your year. Thank you for listening to the Beautiful Feet Podcast, a partnership of BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. Please feel free to follow us on social media at Beautiful Feet Entertainment. Please visit BeautifulFeetEntertainment.com. And do not forget to like, share, and subscribe.